Hey folks, I'm Kathy Parker with Beyond the Ball Field. This is not your typical sports show. We won't be talking X's and O's, but we will be talking about raising your family in the sports-crazed world. Let's not only survive sports, but let's learn to thrive on and off the field. So please, join us as we look at life beyond the ball field. Have you been dealt a devastating blow or things just don't look like you thought they would? For many of you, that's the case right now. Your seasons have been canceled or been postponed, or you just don't know. You don't know what the future holds when you thought you had it all figured out. Many times, it just does not look like we had hoped and dreamed. That is what this episode is about. I have a conversation with my son, Kendall. I'm telling you, he and I, um, our whole family, uh, some things happened that just wasn't what we had hoped and planned for him and his future. But you know, God's word says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good, those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And you know what? Sometimes it's hard to see that, especially when it's not what we had wanted. It's not what we had worked for. It's not what we had hoped and planned. But looking back on it, I hope this conversation helps a lot for you out there that that need a little encouragement, especially if it's your children going through it. Sometimes it's a lot harder for us to see our children going through hardship and and a big shift in plans than it is with our own selves. So I hope that this episode encourages you today. Hi, Kendall. Hey, Mom. How are you? I'm doing good. So I'm catching you at the last minute because what do you do tomorrow? Um, Tomorrow I'm going back to work. Uh, I work on a ship. I actually drive a ship that goes from from Jacksonville, Florida to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And uh, it's a cargo ship, carries uh, large containers, cars, trucks, anything that rolls. Um, They load it. It's, It's a pretty big one. It's about 1,000 feet long. So no vacationing in Puerto Rico. It's all work, huh? No, there's no vacationing in Puerto Rico. Um, It's pretty quick turnaround, uh, about eight hours. Um, Before COVID, we were off for a little bit, but as of now, they've kind of closed the whole port down for people coming off the ship and going ashore. So uh, now it's just strictly work. Okay, getting us the products that we need and getting Puerto Rico the products that they need. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say more stuff definitely goes to San Juan and comes back, but we do bring some stuff back to Jacksonville as well. Okay. Well, Kendall, today I was hoping that you and I could talk about something that I think could help a lot of people. And it is, if you could go back in time and remember um, how important was football to you growing up? Um, it was very important. Um, I'll give you a little background. Uh, growing up, I always played football. My brothers and sisters loved football and baseball. Um, I was just strictly a football player. Um, it was something I took a lot of pride in, something I enjoyed playing. Um, I was very fortunate. I got to play in college for four years, and uh, it was something that I always really enjoyed. Okay. So that being um, a part of who you are and a part of who our whole family was, what happened that sort of took you off course, something that um, you had not expected? What happened the week before your senior high school season? So my junior year of high school was probably uh, my most productive year. Um, I'd gained a lot of weight intentionally to be a bigger size. My junior year did very well, um, had very good statistics. And you were being recruited. 
You were being recruited I, by a lot of schools. I was. I had some um, some bigger one double A's. Uh, you know, there's a couple Division One schools in there. I was really hoping I'd get the opportunity to play in college. And I uh, had a lot of schools that were interested in me coming to play football there. So the only thing was, is I was a little bit smaller for my position and in some of the other categories as far as speed and stuff. I didn't actually, you know, fit the mold for the type of player that a lot of them were looking for. But production wise, as far as how I played in my numbers, um, I did very well. So I had a lot of schools that were looking at me, um, communicating with me and just wanted to see how my senior year went. And hey, um, let let a mama practice. let let a mama brag on you a little bit. That junior okay. year, you were defensive player, linebacker. Um, how many teams even scored against your high school team your senior year? Um, we had two teams out of thirteen games that had scored any points. <laughs> yeah, so shut them out. Uh, so strong defense, and you led it with a, a ton of tackles and sacks and. And so, yeah. rightfully so, it was It was looking like your dreams were going to come true. Yeah, absolutely. And for that team, we had a ton of our seniors returning. Um, we were looking to have, you know, one of the best teams that had ever come through that school and possibly be contenders for uh, state champions. Yeah. So a lot of hopes and dreams tied up in that season. And then, go ahead. What happened? Um, in the practice... The last week of practice before our first game, I actually broke my left fibula, um, just kind of a freak accident. Someone just fell on it and it cracked. And I was looking at about a six to eight week window before I could uh, play or do any kind of training on it or anything. So just like that, um, a freak accident and you didn't want to give up, though, on returning that season. No, I didn't. Um, I went to a lot of rehab. I was doing that three to five days a week at least, um, physical therapy, um, lifting as much as I could with the other parts of my body. I started trying to test it out a little bit, see what my limitations were and what kind of pain it was causing me. Um, because of the bone it was, it's uh, the fibula, so it was a non-weight-bearing bone. And uh, they basically decided that if I could manage to run on it and play on it, I was able to play as soon as I wanted to. I just had to be able to tolerate it. Okay. So what did you do to help tolerate it? Um, I kind of just saw what my limitations were. Um, Early on, I just started trying to run. It was pretty painful. Um, Probably about three, four weeks ago, I started trying to do that. And I, I basically got to where I could, you know, run pretty quick. But if I went to put all my weight on it or, you know, really push on it. It kind of still agitated me. Um, I had a lot riding on my senior year, so I really wanted to make sure that, you know, I had some games and I had some tape that I could submit to any college I wanted to go to. Um, so probably at what should have been, you know, the time they gave me to go, about week seven or eight, it was still bothering me. Um, I ended up getting some uh, cortisone shots in it trying to play and I can make it about five or six plays in a game. And then it was just, I wasn't, you know, doing what I would have liked to have done. It was just too painful and I just couldn't work through it. And trying to play on that, that leg and not letting it heal caused a lot of problems um, throughout the years. Yes. um, 
I don't know if I tried to push it too quick or if it just wasn't healing as quickly as I would have liked it to. I don't really ever felt like I re-injured it, but, I mean, there was 11 or 12 weeks in the season, and I was never really able to play more than five or six plays a game. And um, fast forward a couple years down the road, I ended up what they call gray-shirting. I sat out a year knowing that I would go into a football program the following year, um, and I ended up signing with UNC Charlotte, uh, it was a startup program. Um, they were going to be Conference USA Division One. Um, so I, I got to school there for my first year. We didn't play any actual football games. They brought all the players in. We had practice in our squad scrimmages and such, and everything went fine. Um, and then the following year, uh, we started playing games. In our second game of the season, I actually uh, rebroke same bone. Uh, just about the same spot and kind of went through the same process all over again. Okay, so the same injury. Yes. What do you think those um, those trials have have taught you? They, they actually taught me a lot. You know, uh, I think the first time, kind of the position I was in, I wanted to continue playing football, and uh, I didn't know how much you know weight my senior year had on it. I knew it was very important that I got an opportunity and that people needed to see me play. Um, so I really tried to push it then. And uh, I think that little bit of uncertainty, you know, not knowing if I'd played my last football game or not knowing if I'd have another opportunity, um, I kind of let doubt creep into my mind a little bit. I think I, I tried preparing and might have pushed myself a little too hard, but I don't think that I was as focused on you know, what I could have controlled to make myself better. When I was in college and I rebroke it, um, I actually ended up coming back six weeks after the injury and uh, something I'd been through before. And I, I was just kind of stayed motivated and worked on what I could. And I ended up coming back that year and I played the last four games of the season and did extremely well. Okay. So, but your plans, if you had, everything had worked out like you wanted it to, you would have probably had a tremendous um, high school senior year uh, playing ball, um, great college career, and then even played professionally in your mind. Because that's that's uh, sometimes the dream of a lot of, of of young players. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I would say it definitely is the dream of a lot of young players. Um, I, I don't think I ever had dreams of being a professional athlete. If it was something that were to come, I absolutely would have loved it. But at the time, I was just thinking, you know, if I could end up at a bigger college, um, I, I would really have been happy with how my football career had ended up. Okay. So then shift again, and you ended up playing your last um, two or three years at a Division three school where football wasn't the main focus. But the training that you were getting, the academic training, and the skills that you were learning as um, a merchant, um, what what Marine. is merchant marine, and uh, in your transportation degrees, really became a focus. When did that light bulb sort of come on, and and sort of walk us through how that happened? Um, so after my sophomore year at Charlotte, um, I really started looking at what some of the guys that had graduated from my school and what some of my other friends were doing. I ended up having a good family friend that had graduated from 
SUNY Maritime College, which is up in New York. Um, it's a Division three program. It's one of the only uh, merchant marine schools that has a football program. And I had a good friend there who went, got out, got a phenomenal job, and was very happy with how his career was turning out. And then also I had some kids that I went to uh, Charlotte with and were getting done and didn't have a set career field. We're back looking for work, and I just decided that wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to know what I was getting into, and I wanted to start my career as soon as I could. Um, so I chose to go to SUNY Maritime. Um, for SUNY Maritime, the, absolutely, the, the focus was not on football. It was more on the academic side of things. Which um, was, that, that being was, said, I that loved playing football, and if I had the opportunity to keep doing that, I wanted to do it at any level that I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And even with that, Kendall, because that was quite different for you to have that kind of shift where, you know, football wasn't the the driving force of you waking up every day. Um, It was um, something that you did as almost like an elective because there was no you weren't on scholarship with football anymore. But you were had something that you were you were driven towards. But football was still a big part. What what did that do for you to still have be able to participate um, in a game that you love so much? Um, it did a lot. Uh, I always did better in some kind of structured environment. The, uh, the college I went to um, was a, a military based college as a regimented environment. Um, very structured. We're up every day at seven o'clock shades and in formation. Um, and then for football, it, it wasn't a, a break from, you know, the regiment are doing those things, but it was something that I could do that I enjoyed. Um, so that just meant waking up a little bit earlier, going to lift weights. You know, when most people are finishing up their day, I was going to football practice. We do that at eight or nine o'clock at night sometimes. And, uh, it was, it was just something that I really liked. And that if I had a chance to do it, um, I would have pretty much done anything so that I would be able to play. And let me ask you this. Um, there's many, young people right now that with COVID and just different decisions that are being made that are way outside of their control, they're not able to play maybe that senior season that they were so looking forward to playing or their seasons were postponed or just things didn't work out like they'd hoped and dreamed. Looking back now, what piece of advice could you give? Um, Looking back now, you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, I would think that, you know, everyone plays their last football game and, you know, 90% of the time you don't know when exactly that is, but everyone will play their last game. Um, with everything that's going on, you know, everyone's in the same boat, you know, each state may handle it differently, but you know, you and everyone else, you know, are going to be faced with uh, the same obstacles as far as everything right now with COVID-19. Um, but that kind of, you could use it as an advantage. You know, there's that little bit of uncertainty. You know, will you play again? If you continue to prepare for success, that really could give you a leg up on the competition around you that could, you know, use it as an excuse to not train as hard or to not prepare to win games or not prepare to play. You know, if you use it to focus on what you can control, the effort you put in, the things you do do, it could really be a big advantage. So that discipline that you learned through football, how do you think that has molded you into the career path that you've chosen? 
Um, there, there's honestly so many things about football that, you know, have given me a better perspective. Um, but like with what we've been talking about, I think that, you know, a little bit of uncertainty that if you continue to do things that better yourself, whether it be through football or any other sport, um, you know, an opportunity will come. But if you're not preparing yourself for that opportunity, then, you know, it could pass you by because you're not ready. So whether that's when you're looking for a job or, you know, things aren't great at home, whatever it is you're going through, that if you're not continuing to better yourself and to do what you can, then, you know, it's not going to be the outcome that you're hoping for. And Kendall, you had a lot of time to to think that through and to think about where you wanted to be, because there was a time when um, right before you went to UNC Charlotte that you went and worked on the family farm and uh, you had a lot of time on that tractor to sort of think it through. What's some of the, <laughs> the things that you would think about? Um, I, I would think about all kind of things. And then even now I work on a ship, you know, I, I have a lot of time to think and it's just, you know, one of those things of you think about things that you could have done differently or, you know, how you could have made the situation better for yourself. And I just look back and, you know, I'm proud of what I've achieved, but I just, there was some opportunities that I could have had that I could have made more of. And I think that that's true with everyone. So Kendall, um, we talked about some of the things looking back, but looking forward, where do you, where do you see yourself going? Um, right now I'm working as a mate on a ship and uh, I want to be the best I can at that. And then I ultimately would like to be a captain and I've just been working, trying to be the best I can at that. And uh, I probably have a few years left and I could hopefully be captain of a cargo ship. All right. Now, I know you can't see me because we're, we're talking, uh, recording over over a phone, but I'm a mama that's beaming because I'm I'm so proud of you. But when we were going through all this disappointment and the injuries and things, there were times when I did not know what to do. Your dad and I didn't know what to do as a mom and dad. And um, I even said to you, I think it might have been about a year ago, I said, Kendall, I, I should have gotten you some counseling. I should have gotten you in some therapy, you know, just dealing with such disappointment and and do you remember what you told me? I told you that there's no way that I would have gone and I didn't want to. <laughs> and it sort of just made me feel like, okay, because you you told me that you were the one who pushed yourself and you were the one who um, who wanted to do that. And, and it just, it made me take a lot of that um, guilt off as far as maybe... I didn't do the right thing or there was something more I could have done. But one of the things when I look back on this, on that injury and just on the hopes and dreams that I saw you, you know, just be able to lose just that quick. Um, it made me see that now when I see the where you are and how that pushed you into the profession that you have, I think if we had not gone through those trials, there's no way that you'd be where you are. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any way that I would have ended up at the school I did with the discipline that I have now um, if I had not gone through that. And I think that it's made me a better person from it. And it was just a, a great learning experience. And I think that's a great way to end. So parents out there, 
I know that it's heartbreaking when you see um, your athlete uh, put so much time and effort and their hopes and dreams are not panning out like they had they had wanted them to. But hang in there because maybe even through this trial, uh, just like with my son, Kendall, uh, you'll look back one day and say, wow, that, that really forged them into a person because we're going to have trials, right, Kendall? Absolutely. Lots of them. We're not. Things aren't always going to work out the way that we had planned and hoped. But I'm very proud of you. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much for Love you for, too, Mama. for talking to me today. OK. Yes, ma'am. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Ball Field, where we are using lessons learned in sports to positively impact our family and others. And for more information of how you can be a positive influence beyond the ball field, go to our website, beyondtheballfield.com.